When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to an official Grizzlies prediction edition of the Grizzden podcast. Um, we actually had a separate recording that we did about a week ago on the same topic. And uh, yeah, some things have changed. Uh, go listen to the Weekden update, which was released uh, a couple nights ago. Uh, and uh, we we did a full unpacking of the of the breaking news from Sunday, which is that Stephen Adams is going to be out for the season with a PCL surgery. And so after having that context, we decided that uh, the the predictions episode we did a week ago is no longer relevant. And so we are all uh, jumping on this remote recording from from different states. Uh, some of us Kraft was here last night, but now he's he's scouting in Denver. Um, the rest of the crew, though, is still still in Memphis. But uh, that said, I'll, I'll welcome Ty Smith to the program. What's up, Ty? Hey, not much. A uh, little sad, but we're here. BD is in the house. I'm not sad. Hey, Kraft. <laughs> how you doing? Doing well. All right. Wow. So Kraft and I had our reactions. We had a chance to unpack this all, like I said. But I'm going to pass it over to Brantley first. Brantley, we had the injury announcement Sunday morning. We've had uh, over 24 hours to process. Where are you right now with the Adams injury as it relates to uh, the rest of the season in this team? Um, it, first off, it, you know, Steve-O, is a be- he's become a beloved Grizz. Like, so this sort of feels like maybe an unofficial official like who knows how like like the version of what he was for us uh if we'll get that back so like i'm not saying that it's over over but like you know i'm happy it was here uh we saw some brilliance from him and the whole jv trade it was awesome and i think just like hindsight is sort of easy to say this and i'm get the benefit of, of doing so but i just have sort of like felt like we were moving on from it like it just has felt like we needed to move on or we were moving on from him ever since that weird injury with the Suns, And like, I don't know. I just, um, I just think that this is all upside. I just have maintained this position that there's no reason why he, he is very important to us. So let me make sure that's clear, but he should not be this important to this team. He, and it feels like we just lost like one of our top three, like jaw, Jaron Bain, like, and, and like, we have no shot at going the distance. And like, I, I just, I just don't, this is, I won't have a monologue to open. Cause this isn't just the Brantley podcast show, 
Although that does have a really good 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 ring to it, maybe. Um, but anyway, I'll just I'll stop right there because I probably could talk for another ten minutes on this. I just really, I I think that this gives us a chance to invest and figure out how to get a similar role player to continue to grow and and send the the team into a different trajectory, and and invest in other players to to get better at their craft, um, versus like having like a, a what has seemed like at least from like Grizz fans in the know that like this is just this team is never going to be the same without Steven Adams and I just don't buy that. I think that I think that this team can figure some stuff out and I'm not changing my prediction. I'm still hammering the over. Where are you at, Ty? Um I think it's tricky because I think the one big thing with like losing Stevo is even when we got him in the trade, right, like Brantley was kind of referencing with, with JV, we were like, oh, Steven Adams. Like, it felt like the majority of that deal was to move up to the 10th pick rather than, like, getting Steve-O. But then it was clear, like, a few months into that first season with him of, like, wow, he's, like, he really is more impactful and he's more of what we need than Jonas was. Um and Jonas was great for us too, but it's, you know, he just kind of fit what we were trying to do. And I think that's the key point is he just fit really what we were trying to do. Um, he was great on the boards. He covered up a lot of Jaron's weaknesses. He allowed Jaron to play the four, which I think he's best at. Um, I think he can play the five and stretches obviously. And we're about to see a lot more of that this year, but Steve-O just kind of like, he was a little bit of a band aid. Um, in a lot of areas that we didn't really have, you know, necessarily anyone else to fill that void. He was just elite at doing the things that we kind of struggled with. Um, yes, he wasn't everything. Yes, he wasn't, you know, just a full stop gap. Yes, he had his weaknesses. He has significant flaws. But I feel like when you look at, like, what does his team need the most, like, with our, you know, core guys in place, like, he really filled a lot of those holes. So now, to me, it's it's almost like we have to go another direction, in my opinion. Um, not necessarily meaning like trade Steve-O or whatever that looks like. Maybe that that's in play. But like everything that we've been, like the way we've been playing with him in, in the lineup, like obviously now that's going to have to change um, with him kind of as like the hub of like that, you know, high post stuff with his passing and screen setting and stuff like that. Like, that style of offense, like, Jaron's not going to replace that. Like, Xavier Tillman is not going to step into Steven Adams' role because X is a much different player. Um, so I think it's just going to change the way we play and kind of change the way we play on the fly, which maybe Jenkins in the back of his head, like, kind of thought this is a real possibility. That's why apparently you heard a lot in preseason talk about how we want to play five out basketball more. And you even had, like, Steve-O, like, on that little, like, what do they call it, medium gear or whatever, where we're not quite like full fast break, but it's not quite like an out-of-bounds play either. It's like defensive rebound and we're running. Like there were instances where Steve-O even in preseason was like running to the corner, right, just to kind of like open up more space and more flow and stuff like that. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot more of this free-flowing five-out offense. So it'll be really interesting to see like what that looks like. Um so that's kind of my biggest takeaway. It's going to change the way we look, change the way people really think about us. 
Um, we're just going to have to change the way we've played. And then also my other big thing is like a lot of people have been talking about this is going to be like put a lot of onus and a big year for Tillman. Like I get that. But to me, like everything goes to Jaron's shoulders. I don't know how y'all feel about that. But to me, it's like he has to be really, really good and really, really improved in areas that he struggled in. And it has to happen like he has to happen quickly, right? Like he, it needs to be an immediate improvement in guarding the five without fouling, setting good screens on offense without getting offensive fouls. Like he's going to have to just be more than what he's done. And that's, you know, that's saying a lot because he's been elite at certain things. But to me, it puts a lot of pressure um, and a lot of weight on Jaron's shoulders to kind of like man all of that of what's being, you know, what's lacking. Because I think it's it's too much to ask Tillman to do all of that. Um, curious what y'all's thoughts are there. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts that we can choose to get into uh, here now briefly, and then we can move to our more uh, prediction level content. But I would say, you know, this is Stephen Adams putting it in perspective. Like, I, I do think it's a huge deal, and it's it's because of a lot of what he provides day in, day out in the regular season. Like, I think you you can ask Jaron to do a lot of those things in spots, specifically in closing lineups, and I think that's a good thing. Like, long-term in the playoffs, you're going to, like, Jaron stretching – the floor uh, is just a huge element of how we can gain advantages with this specific personnel, uh, this group of players. And at the same time, I worry that when you look at the West, there's just a, a lot of really strong bigs out there that you have to get through. And so maybe long term, this is kind of the one step backwards to go two steps forwards and we're not going to know that I think this year just because I don't see the guy on our roster who can open up the like I said like the day in day out nature of, of the league and also the guy who can truly match up with the I mean you, Tillman can do it in spots but I, I I don't think Tillman's the long-term guy no matter how many threes he shoots in the offseason like I have to see it to believe it there um, and I think that you as a front office, the question I'd be asking myself is how do I maximize my core three guys? And yeah, like to your argument, Brantley, yeah, it's not like you never want to rely on your sixth or seventh best player for, let's say, your entire season for your future. But I also think that there's a level of uh, fit in every championship. Like Andrew Wiggins, for instance, we were talking about with the Warriors. Like not having him last year was a big deal, and they didn't get as far as they would have liked. And you could make the same argument for him. Like why are we relying on on this kind of guy? But it's it's all those complementary role players that I think all have to come together in a championship environment. And um, you know, there's I'm not saying I know the future either. Like I I don't. I don't think he was a major hindrance. Like I, I think Stephen Adams like elevated more than he took off the table. Um, but I also think that if we can find the right fifth piece uh, that would fit in a playoff lineup, that would be ideal. The problem is, is those guys could potentially be more expensive right now, and we'd have to cut you know cut somebody else somewhere you know down the line to get that. So a lot of thoughts on the table there, and we can you know definitely allow some space for reaction if there are are some. Yeah, and I think maybe I'll just say it this way is that may and I can't remember if it was on the first, second, or third pod we're about to re-record that I said this. <laughs> um but 
if it was on the third pod, y'all just trust me that I said some, I'm paraphrasing myself. So to paraphrase myself here, I just like, I don't, I, I didn't expect this team to win a championship this year. Uh, real talk. I mean, I just feel like our ceiling is, we have a high ceiling. I just don't think it's the highest. And I don't think that, I think losing Steven lowers our ceiling a little bit, but it doesn't lower it that much. I think we saw us almost beat the Lakers last year without him. And, and we should have lost that, you know, this, this rationale of like how much he does for us in the regular season, that should have like been more apparent. It was obviously a weakness, but we still were like, you know, a centimeter away from winning that series to Kraft's point. And as much as that series sucked and everything was going against us going into that series, we still almost pulled it out against a team that, you know, made it to the Western conference finals. So I just, I think, I, and I love Sivo. Like I'm gonna, I like, I'm gonna miss watching him. Like I really am. He was fun, you know. He was a part of. He became part of this like Grizz lore culture thing that I felt like could have sticked. Like a weird James Johnson tattoo thing. It's like the what's the weirdest James like Grizz giveaway next to the James Johnson tattoo neck tattoo? It's like the Stevo Hawaiian shirt. Like you know, it's like I don't know. That's a silly comment. It has nothing to do with basketball. Um, that's kind of at least the way I feel about it. And I could be dead wrong and we could like be 15 games, you know, under, uh, our 40, whatever, five and a half prediction that, that we talked about. I just don't believe that that's the case. I think we're going to figure it out. And I have a hunch that this front office has known about this long enough to have a plan in place. And we're going to be, we're going to be just fine. But, you know, and this can get into the, maybe the preview portion, uh, I mean, I think the the two big questions now are going to be, so we have our three core players. I think we have a lot of good backup role guys, like Asante Aldama um, and, and others that could play a long term. But I think the two key questions going in now to this season, and this might be more important long term for us to answer these questions, like you said, uh, and maybe, and let's get to the playoffs and then let's see what happens, you know, breaks, injuries, who knows where we are then. But I feel like now this season comes two key questions, which are Marcus Smart, Zaire Williams. Do those guys fit with our three core? Like do, the, do those guys fit the wing, the two of them together? Does that fit the wing we need? And so then is it now, instead of chasing the OG Mikael Bridges, we're now look thinking about who is going to be next to Jaron. And is it is it a five so that Jaron can play four as, as Ty was so far we know Jaron is amazing when he has a JV, a Steven Adams type player next to him. And he's also really good when he can close in lineups where he goes small with a Brandon Clark. And so the kind of the question is, can we find this guy and maybe through trade or whatever? And do we, you know, and part of it is, do we want how much of Steven Adams rebounding, physicalness screens, maybe his passing ability, do we need to replace with somebody else? Or would we rather have like a shooter, like a guy who spaces the floor? And are we going to play the style that we looked like in our last preseason game where we're taking 16 threes in a quarter? Um, And... You know, what does that look like? 30 and a half, basically. Um, like, what does that look like and kind of how are we going to play? And I think those two questions now kind of come to the forefront um, because 
Brandon Clark and Steven Adams are huge question marks. And I feel like we we would love to have them, but I think we need to figure out something. Like they need to be question marks. And I think we need to go into next season not having question marks. If that you know, that would be my like that would be my frustration is a year from now, which is kind of one of the preview questions, a year from now we have question marks there. And we're just hoping that Steven Adams and or Brandon Clark are healthy. Yeah, it's a good point. I think the Brandon Clark thing is just the the combination of him and Adams together because he did. I mean, like he was a four, but played functionally as a five next to Jaron because the things that Brandon Clark was a lead at are the just the very things that Jaron had struggled with. And so that's what I I worry that if you try to force Jaron into this five role, it's going to end up a lot like FIBA where it's just kind of he looks like a fish out of water because he's not doing the things that he's comfortable with and he's uh, you're pulling him away from the perimeter and you're then kind of clogging things up and just let's and you know do we want that to be the uh, do we want this to be the training ground this regular season for a new look Grizzlies where we have to test that and we have to pressure cook it to see if it's actually going to going to work in more of a team context whether you know rather I'm not saying FIBA was a good, like, perfect allegory for what this would look like uh, on a regular season NBA team where you have a training camp and, you know, he's been around this organization for long enough where they know they know him well. Uh, but anyway, uh, okay, Ty, let's go with record prediction. Let's go with what, where do you think this team is going to be in one year? Um, I think previously the, the lost podcast, as we'll reference it, um, I think I had us at maybe like right at 50 wins, um, maybe like 49, 50. I think we still beat the over two, but I do think it, I look, I think we finished closer to like 47, um, than 50, um, which I, I had a bet that we would finish between 46 and 49 wins. So I, you know, that's a, that's still over and B that's still within that range. But I do think it, it costs us a few games, honestly, just because we're going to have some time to – it's going to take some time just to figure out almost like who we are now. And I know that kind of sounds maybe a little aggressive. Um, but with Steve-O in the lineup, and if, again, to Brantley's point, I'm sure the coaching staff and front office has always been aware of this possibility. So I'm sure there's been a little bit more thought than, uh, you know – coaching staff scrambling two nights before the first game, being like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do, right? But I, I do think it's going to be a, kind of a little bit of an adjustment, but then a part of me is like kind of to Brantley's point again, we played the last, I don't know, 15, 20 games without him. Um, we played in a playoff series without him. Um, if Tillman's anything, he's productive in his role. Now, that role is different than Steve-O's, but it's, it's still a role that you know he can do really well in. Um, I still think we're going to be a really good regular season team. My biggest thing is, yeah, like, you know, ceilings. Maybe instead of our peak ceiling, kind of what Brantley was saying too, maybe being like 52, 53, 54 wins, it's just like best case scenario. Now maybe our absolute peak is like 50, and we should expect to be like mid to upper 40s instead. Um, so I, I think that's kind of where I have us. Um, what was your second part of the question? Yeah, just one year from now. Like when we when we are going into next season yes. after the summer, like what's what what's this team gonna look like? What's your prediction? I think Kraft nailed it. I think this year 
and I kind of texted y'all as soon as the Steve-O news broke that this now becomes a developmental year. That was a little bit of me and my sadness, just kind of wanting to give up, which, you know, is not <laughs> completely true. But I do think it is to an extent of like, how can we look without a big bruising center? Like, what does the offense look like? What does Jaron look like? I think that's kind of the biggest thing. But I, again, Kraft nailed it. We have our three guys. Pieces around those three guys, for the most part, are going to kind of tweak and change as our three players evolve and improve and kind of get become a little bit more solidified. Like, I just, you know, I kind of think of Boston to an extent. Like, they've had Tatum and Brown forever, right? But the pieces around them have changed. But not only that, like, the style around them has also changed. So it's like this refining what works best with those three players. What do we need next to them? And my hope is that we will really finally put a basically a pin in what is Jaron long term. Now I know that's like asking a lot in this scenario, but everyone's been trying to peg him as like the future five of the franchise. I've personally never seen it. But I think after this year it will become apparent like where's Jaron at his best for the next three, four, five years, right? Now when he's older that may change, but where what do we need to put around him specifically for him to be his best and for us to be our best? That's kind of what I'm thinking. All right, Brantley, record prediction where the team's gonna be in one year. Uh, before the Adams injury I had us at forty seven wins and I have us at forty seven wins. I'm not changing. Uh and I think I probably if I went back through my line by line and really audited myself a little bit more. There probably would be a couple of matchups, things that I would change, but I don't know. I just, I just really trust the coaching staff and, and assuming health in this in the regular season to figure some stuff out. And I think the playoffs are about matchups and we're a little less versatile. And so that kind of stinks. And if we're really looking strong, then I think we'll add a piece to help depending on the matchup scenario. If we want to make a run, um, and, you know, I do think this, this could become another like unintentional data collection season on, on the refinement piece side of things. And I think if, you know, if I'm in the front office's seat, I'm really thinking about how to invest my dollars well over the next two, three years. And this, this can be a massive input into, um, where are those, where are those dollars really needed? there's going to be some players that are going to really be given a big opportunity to step up in the regular season to see if that translates into confidence into the playoffs or if they continue to have, you know, melting face. Um, or if they're able to take a little bit of, a, of another step, you know, Santi, great regular season player, suspect in the playoffs, got really pushed over. It was a bad matchup, but really, you know, got dominated. We'd love to see that change. Um, I think we've, you know, Zaire, we've, there's just some, some key role pieces where it's, we're going to have to really learn from them. So I personally think that there's going to be about two to three key pieces different on this team next year, um, across sort of like that, that wing center position, um, that are true more role type players, because we're really expecting our three to be the ones to try to help us get over the hump versus needing a fourth to do it. All right, Kraft, record prediction, where are we going to be? 
Yeah, so I did, I think it was 53 or 54 wins in the Lost podcast. So I'm going to go, uh, shockingly, only drop us a game or two. I'm going to go 52 and 30. Uh, and that, and that again, I mean, obviously I'm always going to be overly positive. Uh, that is a faith in the in just sort of our regular season system. And I also, you know, honestly, it's a continued comment, and I just sort of think the mediocre uh, West, I mean, it's deep. Like, there's going to be a lot of teams that are good, but I also think that we just have a lot of teams that it's very easy. Like, they're going to be having their injury issues too, uh, and they're they're much older. They also rest more. So 52 and 30, and for me, I kind of already said it, but a year from now, that's my hope is that, like, we had this is now we like sort of we have an excuse built in. I still think that there's like the, the nobody believes in us and hey if we're healthy come playoff time uh, even without Adams and up without Clark I still give us a, a good shot depending on the breaks. Um, I also think you know who knows we could have a Lakers type last year, a Lakers type roster change kind of what Brantley's talking about where we make two or three big roster changes in the middle of the season because Jaw comes back he's looking good. Bain and Jaron are doing what we hope they're going to do, and they're basically just like, we can't lose this season. Our, all three of our guys are healthy, and they're chugging. We need to, we need to like make a, our roster in a way that's ready to produce in the playoffs, and that means maybe giving up some assets, doing some things that hurt. And so who knows? And I just I do think we're going to make some moves to make sure at least we have more depth in the front court. I don't know what that looks like. So that's kind of I'm, – I'm having faith that we're going to have a couple roster different – uh, you know, a couple different roster pieces come February, March, and we're still going to finish pretty high. I'm at 47 wins. I was at 50 in our in our pod that we recorded last week. But, uh, yeah, I'm worried mainly because of the, the margin for error becoming super slim, the margin for any more lost time due to health becoming a lot more debilitating if it did happen. Historically, Jaw hasn't played. He's not. He's not going to play every single game when he comes back after 25. Marcus Smart uh, has been dealing with kind of lingering stuff the last two years. Um, Jaron, of course, has his own history, and then we've seen Bain with the back and then the toe. Um, just, I mean, again, it's it, no one's immune to injuries. I mean, you're we're we're definitely not at the level of a phoenix where you know any sort of injury to our top 3 means that we can't compete anymore uh and that the season's over like i don't believe that to be the case i believe in the system um i just all of a sudden though am looking up and i'm looking at what we thought was going to be such a deep front court and we were going to have all the time in the world to try and figure out who the potential wing of the future is or if they're even on this team uh, right now, and if we're going to have, like, all of our resources are still being put into replacing whoever's going to be at the three long-term, and now I just, like, my brain is, my brain's off that, and it's now, like, okay, how can we just maintain um, until we find a deal where we can cash in a bunch of first-round picks, and also, you know, we're we're talking as if Steven Adams still isn't under contract next year, but he is. I mean, he could come back and look fine, and same with Brandon Clark, but the odds are against them. Uh, for two different reasons, but the uh, yeah, I'm just nervous. I'm just nervous that this could this could go south with one more injury to a uh, even to like a non-core piece. But with that said, I think now you're looking at Jenkins as the having even more of a coach of the year narrative season if it happens uh, that we 
make, let's say, one of the top two seeds or three seeds in the West even, I think you could still even make the case. If we if we cross 50 wins, like, I don't know. I've already put in my bet for Coach of the Year uh, for Taylor Jenkins, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking ahead to that bet. But, uh, yeah, I'm a year from now, I expect this team to look pretty different, honestly. I think that we're going to have a uh, decision time on the Laravia Roddy uh, Zaire trio. I think we're going to have a couple of the back of the roster guys like Conchar and um, and Kenny Lofton and Xavier Tillman. I think we're probably only going to have one of those. And we're going to have an all-in move uh, for a guy that we weren't expecting to see become available. Um, and it's it's very much dependent, in my opinion, on what happens with other teams. And I think we're still going to be opportunistic. And now all of a sudden, it's you have a question about the wing and you have a question about your front court as well. So, um, yeah, this could be like a hinge-type season, depending on how things go. Um, which Jitty's pointing out to all the coaches that uh, how good of his rebounding rate is right now? I mean, he's the <laughs> second-best rebounder on the team right now. <laughs> So anyway, uh, yeah. Well, okay. Good thing you put on all that weight, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, Pushing people around. So where we go from here is we can talk through kind of our big, just like surprise and disappointment candidates. One of the things we do on this podcast is we have a Denny Awards uh, episode at the end of a season where we hand out awards for the the previous season, and that includes like best moment. Worst deal, best deal, but a couple of the categories we have are the most surprising and the most disappointing. Surprising, of course, implies that we're looking at the positive type of surprise here, and then disappointment, of course, is the negative type of surprise, if you will. So I'll start with you, Kraft. What what do you predict your biggest surprise and your biggest appointment of disappointment of the upcoming season to be? Yeah, so disappointment uh, is I'm going to go – so I'm going to put a weird positive spin on it. But I'm hoping that our most disappointing, obviously, besides the Adams injury, I'm hoping – I mean, I'm hoping that nothing worse is going to happen than this. But I, I actually do think we're going to look back and, and be disappointed about Kenny Lofton Jr. Um, I just think about him coming into training camp a little overweight. Uh, it's been kind of like sort of the talk – uh, among the local media and some other people, you can hear you can you can hear them steadily talking about it. Um, and because here it is right now, it's obvious this is his time. He's basically got 25 games now, I think, to play for his at least, especially Grizzlies' future, but maybe NBA future. And you know, I'm hoping he's playable. I'm hoping that he can get in good enough shape to play some kind of defense because we all love him on the offensive end. And here he is. He's going to get a chance to play, I think. And so, but I think that's going to be disappointing because I think it's going to be a fan favorite. We talked up, um, even Kleiman talked up that we're going to not have. And then on surprising, you know, uh, my sort of my my hope is that my most surprising is going to be uh, that we're really good at effective field goal percentage because we're going to space the floor well and we're going to actually be a shooting team like we think and that we might even, um, in the trades we make or the other things, find maybe a guy who rebounds and is a little more of a bruiser, uh, but maybe we're losing the eliteness of Steven Adams, maybe for a guy who can stretch the floor. We're going to play five out with Jaw, and 
you know, with only really Jaw and Marcus Smart maybe being our our bad shooters, as opposed to a lineup with Jaw, Marcus Smart, and Stephen Adams, that that was going to be the issue. But we're actually our most surprising is going to be that we're going to look up and be like, like one of the top five six offensive teams in the NBA. All right, Brantley, where are you at in terms of uh, surprises and disappointments on the horizon? I think our surprise this year is going to be like, how did Zaire go from being competent to terrible to like more than competent? <laughs> like it just it. it just doesn't make sense. And I just there's just I. There's there was just something about him in that like I've 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 self admittedly I've watched a preseason game, the game that I intended with my three year old, but the one thing that I came back from that game thinking was Zaire just has this different confidence to him that just felt different even than other I think sort of like summer league type scenarios a couple of years ago. So I just I'm I'm sort of enthusiastic about it, and think that particularly now if he gets the chance to start. Because that was when his rookie season he did well for us was during the Dylan Brooks injury and he, and he was starting a lot and he just could be a start type guy. I think that's gonna be that's gonna be my surprise. I think my disappointment is that I think we're gonna look back and feel like that neither Laravia or Roddy are playable in playoff situations. And what are we gonna do with either of them? And I'm really worried <laughs> that Roddy is gonna be a coach's favorite and get minutes in a playoff situation a la Grayson Allen, and we're going to have to move on from both of them because the coach is stuck on him. What about you, Ty? Surprise, disappointment. So mine is uh, the same thing. Um, I think we're going to be disappointed that the front office yet again did not make a in-season move that we thought potentially could be out there. Um, and I think at the same time, we're going to be a little surprised that the front office did not make a midseason move that potentially could be out there. Um, I think this front office, for better or for worse, and they obviously know the roster a lot better than we do, but I think they're comfortable with what we got, even in the face of injuries and stuff like that. I'm not saying they're wrong. Um, I'm just saying from a fan perspective, you know, like kind of looking at Twitter today as soon as the news dropped or – after everyone was like throwing out names of players that we were going to go get. And I think that's where a lot of Grizz fans go. And I think our front office just doesn't think that way. And I think that they're going to sit on their hands throughout the season and just see how it goes. Um, and I think I'm going to be a part of me is going to be surprised, but then not surprised, but I think I'm very much going to be disappointed if that happens. And that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. And I could be proven wrong, but We'll see. When I say move, I mean like big move, like chips in move, right? Like, you know, multiple first, young players, salary, stuff like that. Yeah. Like get Luca from Dallas type move because they suck so bad. <laughs> yeah, that, that would that'd, be, that'd, that'd count. Yeah, that'd be in there. Job probably wants Kyrie I mean, like, as a mentor. Like OG again, right? Like let's say the Raptors are struggling again, right? Or they start out a few games under 500. It's finally like – all right, this roster can't stay together. They've tried it, all this kind of stuff. OG's name is back on the market, and someone gets him, and it's not us. And I'm not saying we're, like, in love with OG, our, our front office, but 
that's just an example that we look up and be like, we maybe had opportunities, you know, once again, we kind of fell flat on that. Um, and I know we've been aggressive in the past and all that kind of stuff, but that that's kind of my thought. Yeah, I, um, I've been thinking a lot about this one. The, the Zaire one is, I had that as my surprise, uh, in our last podcast that, uh, you're not listening to right now. You're listening to the new one. Um, but yeah, no one's going to ever know. You you traded him away. Good call. You traded him away. Oh, trust me. Yeah, well, I can't let you. I can't let you flip like this. I mean, you you had him yeah. traded like a month ago. Oh, I I haven't flipped. A surprise, like I said, in in the Denny Awards, <laughs> a surprise is an optimistic thing. Uh, and I'm not like I'm saying I don't have that. Like I I might I might have in the last podcast, and even then I was pretty skeptical. Uh, and I still am. Like I I don't I I love the confidence. Like and again, I would love to be wrong. But can we at least like see it for twenty games and not just like in three preseason games against you know half the time against these scrubs? So like let's see it, let's prove it, and uh, things are looking great from that standpoint. Uh, we're on the record about where I am with Roddy too. Like I still think I think he's an absolute gamer, and he might get used in weird positions because he's such a like he's he's an interesting fit. But I think he could be uh, still be a guy. Laravia, I don't know. Um, the the surprise though, and this is this is probably bold, but uh, I think we could see BC uh, near the end of the season. Uh, it doesn't make scientific sense. It doesn't make medical sense. But I really think that based on uh, the team's need, based on the um, the the you cannot trust the timeline on any sort of injury stuff. Needless to say, after this weekend, uh, with this front office, both in a negative way, but I think also in a positive way. We saw an, a Jaron injury where he came back early. We saw a jaw injury where he came back early. And who knows? Like Brandon just strikes me as the type of guy who's not going to quit, who's going to do everything he needs to. And I think if you if we're making like a, a playoff run, who knows? That's all I'm saying. Who knows? And that's. Who knows? I should have probably saved that for bold prediction. Because um, anyway, the disappointment though, uh, again, disappointment means you have an expectation that's high and it's not met. And the Marcus Smart thing just again makes me a little nervous. Um, Boston's not a dumb team. Like Brad Stevens is not a dumb executive. He's not just going to make moves out of the blue. I don't think it's uh, a coincidence that they moved on from a guy who was the heart and soul of their team. I think they have an idea of where he might be in his progression um, over the course. He's looked he's looked great, and I want him to stay on the floor. But I worry that we're we're banking on him filling two of the key roles that we lost this offseason, and we might not have enough games where that actually comes to bear. And we're having to rely on some of our youth pieces, and we've made some arguments on this podcast that. Seeing what we have in the youth might not be the worst thing ever. Um, we might have backed ourselves into into the best kind of test. But um, anyway, those are my two kind of surprise and disappointments. Um, all right, last couple things. Hey, well, before you move on, I just have a question. Have you, like, attended any practices lately on that BC take? I'm just curious if you've been downtown, if you've gotten, like, you use your media credentials to – watch any warm-ups or anything number one the credentials they they keep saying they're in the mail but i haven't received them yet oh, okay number two this is completely unsourced 
Uh, this is this is purely. <laughs> Please don't aggregate. Yeah, listen, don't aggregate this. You're gonna get yourself into trouble. You're gonna look Wait. stupid on Twitter. No, what are you talking about? Aggregated. But aggregated well, if you I, need I, it. I, that's a be a claim to fame. We could aggregate aggregate it. I'd love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, aggregate it. All you want. At me. Yeah, that's what I'm Grizz talking about. history gets Grizz aggregated all the twice. time. So just, just tweet it from Grizz that's history. Right. That's true. At Grizzden Will. Uh, all right. <laughs> Last thing we're going to deal with. We have MVP. I mean, do y'all have, we can go through quickly through this one. MVP, who do y'all think the MVP of the season is going to be? I'll, I'll start, and we'll go in reverse order that we just did. I think it's going to be Bain. I think the breakout season's right in front of us. We really need him now um, to, to produce, and I think he's uh, he's in prime position to do that. Ty, what do you think? Same. I uh, I know it's just preseason, but when we played the Bucks, I mean, our starters played a full two and a half, three quarters worth of that game. And the whole time, my one thought is, Bain is so much better than Lillard, and maybe I'm losing my mind watching that game, but I was like, I just, I don't know. I just think Bain's just, like, better than a guy even like Lillard um, at all around the game, right? Not, like, certain things, but just, like, as far as just top-to-bottom player. I think Dez is a stud. I think this is his year. I think he blows up. I think he makes an all-star team. I'm all in on the Dez train. Like, count me in. I'm so in. I thought exactly the same thing. I know I'm, I'm not just commenting. I love yeah, that. You can see that his name was a rookie, dude. I thought I would rather have Bain right now than Damian Lillard. Like that's the way I thought watching that game. Me too. Me too. If if my thing doesn't get aggregated, I know something that will. <laughs> All right, Brantley. MVP of this season is is if it's not John Morant, we have a problem. Just we're moving. We're the the whole. What does this team look like next year if it's not John Morant? We're 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 talking. We're hearing sad tie from all four of us because <laughs> we're because we're starting over. And like I love Bane and I love Jaron, and maybe Bane's the MVP for twenty five games. But like, I just we just forget, and everybody in the whole world has forgotten that John Morant was a top five player before he pulled out a gun and went to a strip club. And it was technically like a lighter gun. I'm not trying to like source this or anything, but like, was it a gun? I don't know. And look, he's been dumb. And I'm not saying that he's going to be perfect, but he's a really freaking good basketball player. And I just, I'm not forgetting about it. And I I think that that's who's going to be our most valuable player because we're going to go to a different level. And he's going to need to step up based on, you know, who's been away from the team potentially. So that's what I think. I, right. I feel Brantley's, I feel Brantley's take. Uh, Cause I think there's a lot of truth in that. I'm just going to say, because he's going to miss 25 and probably, probably like 30 um, just cause he's jaw and he, he likes to get little, little ankle issues and stuff like that. Uh, but I would say, I would say still like it's, it looks like it's going to be Bane. It needs to be Jaron. Uh, especially now with the, the Adams injury, I think I, I'm hoping that we haven't where we're arguing between John Jaron because Jaron has proved that like he can stay out of foul trouble, he can score 20 plus points a game, and still be a defensive player of the year even without Adams 
for the whole year. Um, and I, you know, and that's what I'm, that's my hope. So my hope is we're arguing between that, like Bane's incredible. And yes, I do think like I was thinking that, but you know, I've been down on Dame for the last couple of years, but with Bane. And so I just, I hope all three of them where I have in this argument, cause they're all three are incredible, but we really need Jaron now, uh, in a way that we didn't before the Adams injury. So I'm going to go with Jaron as a hope. Okay, last thing. We've had a lot of uh, bold-type predictions, I feel like, already on this podcast, like from all different directions. But technically, we're just that's our— up. We're warming up. That's our last line item here on, on the agenda. So I'm going to leave this open to the floor. Does anybody have just, you know, a bold take that they, they have to get off here uh, before we before we sign off and the season begins uh, here on Wednesday night? Do, do people start to talk about Luke Kennard as a better shooter than Mike Miller? <laughs> is there is there an argument? I mean, I'm kind of already like there. Like in Grizzlies lore, in Grizzlies lore, like is he the is he like is Mike Miller considered like the best like Grizzlies lore shooter of all time? And if so, which I would I would suggest so. I mean, his hair definitely at least would help out in this scenario. <laughs> and if he is, then does, then does Luke Kennard start to take over that this year? Because he's just like a flamethrower in every game. And now without Adams, like, can you just imagine, like, I just feel like I like, how exciting is it? We're going to like have lineups with no big center Jaron at the five and like all these shooters. It's going to be awesome. So there are going to be people look up and be like, wait, the Grizzlies have like seven, like five, five, three point shooters on the court. And Kennard and Bain are two of them. It's gonna be amazing. I'm a Troy Daniels truther, personally. It's gonna be <laughs> oh, get out of here. the takeover will be so complete that Mike Miller will be just like, you just take over, let it fly restaurant. You just take it over, Kennard. You have yeah, that's right. Um, what yeah. up? Top golf, let it fly, whatever. All the things, boxers. Uh, my bold prediction is that Derrick Rose is not on this team at the end of the season. Wow. <laughs> I think Blasphemous. I think we we have all this talk about needing like in order to qualify for the disabled player exception you can't you know we don't get a roster spot we only get the the tack, the, the cap relief um, from that Stephen Adams injury and potentially the Brandon Clark injury uh, we've talked a lot about Kenny Lofton being the odd man out at the end of the bench here but uh, I'm I'm wondering if Ja seems to be on the straight and narrow. And we get through this, you know, a certain portion of the season and it's time to, the trade deadline is nearing and we need a roster spot. I don't know. I, I just, I've, I've, I've kind of, I, I didn't love the move from the beginning and now I love it even less now that we need another front court piece rather than yet another point guard or another guard. Um, we have a two-way guy. I know this is going to sound insane, but we have a two-way guy in Jacob Gilliard, which is like in a, in a pinch, he is a, he is a scrappy Hard-nosed guy who Come can actually now, play. Also, on, we now. don't talk about enough how the the Bain lineup where he's the point guard or Luke Kennard even at that, like those ratings are out of this world um, when we have that lineup on the floor. So I just think Derrick Rose is going to all of a sudden look a lot more dispensable than he does right now. Of course, this could blow up in my face if Ja has another incident and we really do need somebody um, to backfill that position, but that's that's just my take. All right, I got one that's real spicy. Uh, Will, this is for you. People, at the beginning of next year, kind of going off that question, I think people start saying that we have a big four. You want to know who the fourth is, William? 
Who might that yes, be? It's the I'd one be, and only. I don't know. I'd it's be. the one and only Z- Zaire Williams. <laughs> yeah, I, I love. I think him. people. I think people talk about talk about him after this season that he he is he is a part of the core four moving forward. You and have to be big. Find, that guy weighs one sixty. There's no it. way he's gonna be big to be part of the big. Four. This is my favorite. Apparently, he was deadlifting time. a significant amount of weight in that uh, in that video of him doing deadlifts. He was. He was throwing the weight up. Yeah, strong. What back was the weight? Uh, One eighty-five. We couldn't yeah, see the plates. We could know. only see the bar. It was a lot. It was a lot. I'm I'm convinced of it, and I'm like really rooting for it. That's like maybe the the thing that I'm like most excited about being a possibility, as slim as it may be. But that's that's my bold prediction, is that we look up and we're like, man, did we? You know, Tayshon was right all along, going on a limb and getting Zaire when he did. Um, that's 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 where I'm at, and I'm sticking to it, and I'm excited about it. All right, okay. I I have two, but I just want to back up on that one. I actually, uh, because maybe this is the third <laughs> bonus one, but I I think we'll look back at. I think Zaire will have a. I don't know what kind of season Zaire will have, but I do think we're gonna look back, and just like we look back with Jaron and the contract we got with him and with Jaw and not making All NBA last year, I think we're gonna look. We're gonna extend Zaire this summer and we're going to look back and think him have being terrible his second year actually allowed us to afford a guy who we should probably not have been able to afford for the next three, four years with a rookie extension. So that's my like, you know, piggybacking on tie there. But my two big bold predictions are one, I think we're still going to finish second in the West. Um, despite all this, just with slightly mm. worse records. So maybe feeling a little bit more, and but my biggest bold prediction is similar to what the Nuggets went through the last four or five years, and honestly, Jokic becoming who he was because of him having to carry a team in the face of injuries and other things. And it's obviously it's not exactly the same, but I think when when we win a title in the next two to three years, we're going to look back at this moment and say that the Adams injury is what led us to become the team, like to decide who we were and how we're going to play that wins the title. And that's my bold prediction. I like the positive vibes. I'm just... Can I say that um, my I love that. That's awesome because I'm just trying to be all positive. This is basically if Brantley put on a craft mask. I just, that's <laughs> what I would be in this pod because I'd normally like to argue with craft just for fun. Uh... My my prediction is John Morant has the best dunk of all time against Wimby in the yes. Spurs. He loves dunking on the Spurs, and he's gonna you know he's gonna go at Wimby, and it'll be known as the best dunk of all time. Mm. That's what I that's my prediction. I love that. I love it. I want Jaw to give Wimby a, a pair of signed Jaw ones after he does it too. <laughs> yeah, be awesome. I want to make a trade value comment about Zaire, but I'm not going to just to keep the positive vibes up, okay? Uh, oh, come on, man. Yeah, this is, I'm, I'm so in. I'm so bought in. I will, I I will absolutely apologize, and I would love to be wrong. I would love for that to be my, my worst take ever, um, is to trade. Is he starting hey, I, Wednesday? Is he starting I think Wednesday? all signs are pointing to him starting. Um, that's what all the commentary seems to be pointing. If you read between the lines on everything, I, I think that's what we're going to see. 
I think that's better I, for him. I, I that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted, that that's what I wanted that too. That to so I yeah. told the Grizzlies to wave Aldama. So I'm hoping it's the same that you have the same kind of, you know, like juju that I had when I told them to wave Aldama after like three summer league games last summer. So I hope Zaire has the same response to your to your desire for a trade. If we've learned it, if we good tip. that was a good. If learned anything from Stephen A. and Skip Bayless, it's that you know, it doesn't matter about <laughs> whether your take is good or bad. Just have a take. Or, or the fact that Windhorse, like three days ago, said that Giannis will not, uh, his Giannis's next contract will not be with the Milwaukee Bucks, and he signed an extension today. So, as Ty we'll likes to say, everyone's an idiot. No one knows anything, and I think that's just that's right. Beauty. I mean, someone, someone amongst our four, you know, at one point, you know, they suggested that Chandler Parsons is going to have a season where he went sixteen, seven, and seven. Was it where his averages and? You know, I love it. <laughs> Didn't happen. We were, hey, look, I don't know who that person is, but <laughs> Ty, Ty, we were still just getting our legs underneath us. So like, you true. Know, that was like, I was like pod number three. It was a I great saw him in a, I saw him in a Lululemon ad and I was like, man, this guy knows what he's doing. You're like those ABCs, man. He rocks those ABCs. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I took my son to Chandler's opening press conference <laughs> as he limped in. And then was trying wow. to explain to William he how it fine, I love but it. he asked why he was limping. <laughs> That'd you, be fine. Uh, he's fine. He probably just slept weird. That's for sure. Uh, you can accuse us of a lot he of slept things. Slept weird for four years. Yeah, you can accuse us of a lot of things, but you cannot accuse us for not keeping keeping ourselves accountable. Okay, we love receipts. That's right. We've got them all over this podcast. Uh, this could be this. I can't wait to listen to this a year from now and see, you know, what actually happens and what doesn't. Um, watch Jake LaRavia be like the second coming of, of LeBron. Uh, <laughs> Long way to go. If on LeBron wore Oakley. That's right. Yeah. We need to, yeah. I mean, we, we, at this point we should trust the spreadsheets, but there are guys that are making it. Making us worried a little bit. Stay, right stay woke on Laravia. Uh, he's just trying to campaign for his own uh, Grizzlies item of the game. That's all I'm saying. I love it. What would be his the item? glasses? Some, like, That's what I'm saying. Clear yep. glasses, like blue light. Hundred percent. He needs some marketing. I think he has a PR team around him. He's like, you need to differentiate yourself. No, yourself what's somehow. the what's the opposite of a spray tan? What makes you whiter? I think it would be that <laughs> sunscreen. Yeah. Yep. Maybe it's LaRavia sunscreen. Here's night. some free SPF 150. <laughs> the LaRavia night. Some free bleach. I love it. <laughs> some free bleach. All right, guys. This is uh, Just straight mayonnaise, uh, officially actually. off the rail. Uh, listen, th- no. I'm so happy we in for all these ideas. Podcast. Me too. This was much needed. Uh, if you're listening to this, the season is uh, it's tomorrow. After we release this, it's uh, it's happening, guys. Uh, home against the Pelicans. They might be the one team that are more injured than us at this point. So uh, it's going to be, you know, a battle of attrition. Uh, FedEx, Grizz by 20. Grizz by 20. FedEx Forum's going to be rocking. Uh, Zaire's going to go for 50. It's going to be incredible. I can't wait to see it. Minimum. Um, well, this has been another edition of the Grizzden Podcast for Kraft, for Brantley, for Ty, I'm Will. Thanks for joining us. Tune in throughout the season. We're going to have a lot coming at you. Uh, we're going to keep tabs on all things Grizzlies throughout this season. So you know where to like and subscribe and share with everyone you know. Talk to you soon.